Good morning, Portlands. Welcome to another episode of Everything is Interesting. I'm Kira Kleenberg. And I'm Kira Lindenberg. Thanks in part to the enthusiasm generated by the shrimp eyes that were mentioned in our last episode, today we are going to talk about eyeballs. And yes, we will definitely make time for the famous rainbow-color-seeing aquarium-wall-punching mantis shrimp. And here with us today, bringing us his keen intellect and incendiary wit, is Jefferson Smith. Hi. Well, Jefferson, you set us some high standards early on because third grade Jefferson is so smart. So are you ready to uh, hang out with us again today? I am am eminently eager. Whether or not I'm ready, the proof of the pudding will be in the eating. (laughs) Wonderful. So tell us, Jefferson, what are eyeballs for? Uh, Rolling. (sighs) Seeing stuff. I yes. could tell that you rolled your eyes over the phone. I, I just want you to know that. I could I, feel it in my heart. I definitely I did. No, Jefferson was dead serious. <laughs> All of you, everyone in the studio is just rolling your eyes. Staring okay, sternly. Really. Intimidating <laughs> one's opposition in a negotiation. You had it right the first time, Ooh, really. I like that answer. Eyeballs are for seeing, because okay. eyeballs make up most of the organ in our body known simply as the eye which is what allows us to have super awesome ocular powers, so to say. So let's take a look at that. All right, let's do it. So an eye is an organ in the body that detects light and processes it into images via our big, complex human brains. It's a tool the body uses to help the brain understand the world. Hard evidence of the first organs that could be considered to be eyes dates back to some 600 million years ago, and were basically just patches of light-sensitive cells. That may make it sound like eyes are a fairly new feature in the animal world. Think about this. It's possible that the eye evolved even before the brain did. As a Swiss cell biologist Dr. Walter Gehring explains, there is no need for a brain that processes sensory information unless there is sensory information to be processed in the first place. Do you want that for a minute? That is so weird to me. We had eyes before we had brains. Okay, so these light-sensitive cells called photoreceptors are the base of all eye functionality. Photoreceptor cells register when light waves hit them, and then they send electrochemical signals to the brain about the light waves. The brain analyzes the signal, pieces them together, and then interprets them as an image. Clearly, the ability to detect and process light is advantageous for our survival because eyes and eye-like organs showed up in multiple evolutionary events over a long period of time and all over the animal kingdom, in all kinds of unrelated species. Even today, eyes throughout the animal kingdom vary greatly in functionality, from the super basic to the highly complex. Very simple eyes usually show up in animals that don't have much need for vision to survive. Earthworms, for example, who spend their lives underground in the dark, have what are called eye spots. And these are just collections of hundreds of photoreceptive cells in both its head and its tail to help it determine if it's in the right place, you know, underground or above ground. Imagine, Jefferson, if instead of eyeballs, you just had special places on both your face and butt that could sense light and dark. How would that change your life? I had sensors on my butt that could tell me when it was And dark. your head. And my head. Yeah, both both ends. And why? Just because it might be light up top and dark down below? Or, or maybe if you're, if you're wiggling backwards. I would, you know, I would wear different pants. You'd want to pants. know where you're going? Oh, you'd wear different pants. Good answer. Uh, probably. <laughs> pants with holes in them or pants with more coverage? I was thinking assless chaps was what I was thinking. Oh, well, you'd, sure. you'd need yeah. them. They would be eye patch chaps, though. Because otherwise eye, all I would sense is darkness. Chaps. 
I would just and I and if I with assless chaps, I could sense light when it was light and darkness when it was dark. Sometimes people ask me if this is a show for children, and then we say things about assless chaps. Okay, so. With primitive ice bots, you might be able to use the sensory information they collect to interpret shapes and get like a general sense of night and day and, I don't know, air your butt to the world, but not much else. Lucky for you, as a human, your eyes are far more complex in more ways than just the various colors that come in. Green-eyed lady, lovely lady, strolling slowly towards the sun. Because humans are so fancy, our eyes can do more than just detect the presence of light. The eyeball itself has some pretty cool features, a lens for focusing up close and far away, a pupil for letting in more or less light, and four different types of photoreceptor cells. The first type of photoreceptor cell is called a rod, and that helps us see in dim light. While they only need a tiny bit of light to activate, they can't register color, which is why everything looks gray to us at night. The other three photoreceptor cells are red, blue, and green cone cells. But this does not mean that they detect red, blue, and green light. Stay with me here, because light isn't inherently colored. Instead, what happens is that these three types of cone cells each respond to a different wavelength of light, and our brain interprets those wavelengths into what we perceive as color. Inside both the rod and cone cells are these light-sensitive proteins called opsins, and these are the little guys that are responsible for light detection. Each type of cone and rod cell contains a slightly different shaped opsin, each of which responds to a different wavelength of light. So when an opsin's favorite wavelength of light sort of hits the cell, then the molecule changes shape. This sets off a bunch of chemical reactions inside that cell, which eventually results in an electrical message being sent to the brain. This message is carried to your brain via the optic nerve that extends off the back of your eyeball. Your mind then begins processing Gross. the messages. Searching the light that your photoreceptor cells have registered for patterns that could correlate to movement, color, depth, or shape in the object that your eyes are seeing. And then, of course, your brain stitches all of that information together into an image. So cool. So impressive. But I have news for you. Human eyes are definitely not the most impressive ones out there. Many animals have involved special adaptations to their light-absorbing organs that help them survive in various environments. And there are eyes out there that are so much cooler than ours. I have a feeling <laughs> you are going to tell us about some of the coolest eyes out there that do more than merely sense light and dark from our head and from our butt, regardless of what kinds of pants we are or are not wearing. <laughs> Jefferson, you must have specialized adaptations that help you figure out how the show is going to go. Because you're super good at it. <laughs> you must have special pants that help you figure out how the show is going to go. Let's start with the incredible eyes of one of the most skilled hunters out there, the eagle. <laughs> wow, that's quite a choice. I believe that is the first and maybe last time that song has been played on X-Ray. Well, well, look, if, if you're a hungry eagle with, you know, hungry eyes, of course, your incredible vision is what's going to help you catch your dinner. With possibly the sharpest vision in the animal kingdom, eagles can clearly see objects four to five times farther away than we can. Boom. For perspective, if you're on top of a 10-story building and can see cars and people just fine, then your human eyes are functioning in average capacity. If you can also clearly make out the detail of the ants on the ground, then you might just be an eagle. 
The anatomy of an eagle's hungry eyes is also incredible. They're the same weight as a human's eyes. Even though a full-grown eagle only weighs about 14 pounds, you know, compared to like a 140-pound human. On the back of their eyes, which are packed with photoreceptor cells, are large and flat in comparison to ours. So this means if we humans see a photograph of the world, an eagle sees a giant poster. Coming as a surprise to no one, eagles also see with insane clarity. This has to do with the crazy number of light-absorbing cone cells in their eyes. Just like a photograph with a higher number of pixels looks super sharp, the extra cones allows the eagle to see in incredible detail. In the same square millimeter that humans have 200,000 cones, eagles have a million. Imagine if you had a cell phone with a million pixels on it. That'd be so clear. My eyes would hurt all the time. (laughs) Of course, an important factor in an eagle's eagle-eye vision is not the eyeballs themselves, but their placement on their face. Eyes situated on the sides of an eagle's face gives them a 340-degree field of vision. While we puny humans only get a 180-degree field, eagles can almost see all the way behind their heads without even turning their necks. That's such a good trick. All these extra photoreceptor cells also means that eagles can distinguish between more colors than we can, and they can even see ultraviolet light. And this is a useful talent when you're a bird because you know what reflects ultraviolet light? Pea. Pea does. And you know who pea is? Little animals that eagles want to eat. Jefferson, aren't you glad that you can just go down and get your food from the local drive-thru instead of having to follow its ultraviolet trail of pea? I don't see pea. I wouldn't mind having the eyes that gave me the capability to, however. Ah. To see the poster. So you're jealous. To see the pea. Aren't you? Well, of the poster. I guess the, only, I guess the pea would be handy. The only, I mean, It would totally be handy <laughs> if you were a hunter or if you were being hunted or if you worked in a urology lab. I, I only wonder if it would be like the beginning of the more recent Superman movie when he's a kid and he has a hard time taking in all the information, the, all the sights and all the sounds with his superpowers <laughs> that I don't know if I could handle having eyes that saw everything. Yeah, that's true. I haven't seen the Superman movie and I was really hoping that you were going to say that he was like following people by their trail of pee. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess that's, that's not a that's plot a that sequel. would go well. hadn't come out yet. It would be helpful if yeah. you walk into your house and you're like, hmm, I think that my dog peed somewhere, but I don't know where. <laughs> Anyways. I don't know where my dog peed. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. Let's move on to the next animal, shall we? Let, next animal. Oh, I am guessing that we are going to talk about tiger's eyes now. Or, I mean, that's a, a really good guess based on the song that we're listening to. But it's totally false advertising. Instead, we're going to talk about Apollo Creed and how he is the one member (laughs) of the crew in the Predator who did not become the governor of a state. What? Is that actually true? Well, Jesse Ventura became governor. Well, let's Arnold not Schwarzenegger let's became not governor. Deceive, let's not deceive our listeners here. Realistically, no, not that. And also, unfortunately, not Tiger Eyes. All right. Yeah, we're going to talk about owl eyes. Thank you very much. And their amazing ability to see in the dark. But we couldn't find a catchy song about owl eyes. And we just really wanted to put the eyes of the tiger yeah, you, in there somewhere. Yeah, come on. So, all right. So the underlying principle for having great night vision is pretty intuitive, right? The bigger the eyes you have, the more light that they can collect. And if you want to be a decent nighttime hunter like an owl, you better be sure your eyes can collect as much light as possible. And owls are probably the most familiar night vision hall of famers. An abundance of rod photoreceptor cells, which activate in dim light, gives the owl fantastic night vision. Their eyes can make up 
almost about 5% of their body weight. That's huge. And these remarkable eyes are so efficient at processing light that they have evolved to be less like eyeballs and more like eye tubes. Owls' pupils, I'm sure you've noticed, are also insanely huge, which allows them to maximize the light that enters the eye. 5% is a lot. That would be for like a small person, it would be like the, the weight of a brain, you know, like seven, eight pounds. <laughs> and, for a, and for a big person, yeah. for a big person, I don't want to say how big I am. I'm happy to. It'd be close to like 14 pounds. Yes. Yeah, so oh, like you'd look like those precious pounds, moments, kids. Pounds. Yeah, your your head would have to be huge like to fit head-sized eyes inside of them. <laughs> you would basically, I think you would look like Stewie. Yeah. It's the only, I mean, Stewie <laughs> from Family Guy. I'm less jealous of eyes. these eyes. Oh, well, wait. As you should be. Okay, so raccoons are another animal with extra large pupils, and they also have a special reflective tissue layer called the tapetum lucidum located at the back of their eye. The tapetum reflects incoming light back through the retina, so that means light waves get to pass across the photoreceptor cell twice, effectively doubling the amount of light raccoon eyes can see. You can see the shiny tapetum lucidum reflecting back at you if you catch a raccoon's gaze in like your flashlight at night, or if you try and take a photo of them using a flash. Same goes for cats, cows, and sharks. Not that we necessarily recommend shining a flashlight into a shark's eyes, of course. So do we have a reflective layer in our eyes? I, have, I do not see my friend's eyes sh- shine at night. I do not see vampires. I do not see pee, but they do glow red in photo. <laughs> I don't mean my friends, but their eyes in photographs. <laughs> Is that because is that because they are demons? Is that because they are from a different kind of down south? What's going on? Well, that's red eye, <clears throat> but it's actually caused by the flash of the camera that's bouncing off the back surface of your eyeball. So the camera's flash is so fast that it beats our pupil's ability to close and block out the bright light. So sadly, your friends don't have a tapetum lucidum. I mean, as far as I know, although we can't speak at all to them being evil or not yeah they might be vampires i can't say that they are aren't oh and oh and we should talk about all right living in the dark didn't just result in creatures who evolved eyes with great night vision there are actually other creatures out there who live in places that are totally pitch black all the time like the bottom of the ocean or underneath the ground and over thousands of generations and through many adaptations they have lost the need to have eyes at all those remote habitats are extreme in more respects than just having lack of light. So energy providing food is also generally scarce, and it requires a lot of energy to maintain an eyeball. So it doesn't make sense to have eyes if you don't really need them. In fact, one species, the Mexican blind cavefish, is initially born with eyes. But then as they grow up in total darkness of the caves, their useless eyes slowly regress until they disappear completely. The bones that make up their eye sockets collapse, and in the place of the lost eyeball, the fish instead stores fat deposits. Yeah, that's really gross. If you live in the dark, why waste precious resources maintaining useless light-detecting organs? So yeah. good job, fish. Yeah, as, right. I try to ca- as I try to acknowledge my own privilege, as I try to be grateful for the things that I am given, I am very glad that my body has decided not to reabsorb my eyes and in exchange offer me additional fat deposits. Well, you know, it's better that you got to keep your eyes and not lose your face, though. Am I right, Billy Idol? That was a a cue for a Billy Idol song. (laughs) Yeah, he's singing about having eyes without a face. Yeah! It would be really tough, wouldn't it? 
Yeah, when, when the, in the list of things that you're grateful for, you should really be grateful that you don't have eyes without a face. Yeah. Or a face without eyes. Yeah, yeah. Please for both. Well, yeah, yeah. All my stuff works, and All I'm right. very grateful for All right, for well, that. we're running out of time, so we really should introduce the star of our show and the most famous of animal eyes, the mantis shrimp. You may have heard of this guy before as a sea creature who can punch its prey with the velocity of a gunshot. So as we mentioned earlier, humans have three photoreceptors dedicated to processing three wavelengths of visible light into three different colors, red, green, blue. But by combining the sensory input from just these three different types of cone cells, we can perceive roughly 10 million different colors. Mantis shrimp, on the other hand, have the same red, blue, and green cone cells, plus nine other types of photoreceptors dedicated to seeing ultraviolet light and other wavelengths that we humans can't even detect. So you might thus conclude that the mantis shrimp with all its extra extra receptors can see all kinds of extra ridiculous colors, you know, hues that we can't even imagine. As Matthew Inman, writer of the Oatmeal comic, put it, where we see a rainbow, a mantis shrimp sees a thermular nuclear bomb of light and beauty. But nope. All the glory that we've given to the mantis shrimp has been misdirected. So, sorry about this whole episode. New research from the University of Queensland suggests that this somatopod brain may not really be able to perceive all that many colors. I mean, they can't even pick out the difference between pumpkin orange and tangerine orange. I can do that. So why does it have so many photoreceptors when its brain doesn't perceive all the extra bonus colors? The answer is, we don't know yet. All we do know is that it wouldn't make sense for the shrimp to have evolved such a sophisticated visual system if there wasn't some advantage to having it. They're still building their brain. One hypothesis is that they use all the extra UV light their eyes can process, not for seeing extra colors, but as a form of signaling. Their eyes are not just good at accepting UV light, but they're also extremely good at distinguishing between various types of light. This, in theory, could allow them to communicate via UV patterns that are reflecting off their bodies. Or it could help them make determinations about their surroundings based off of the patterns of UV reflecting off of other things. It's a good hypothesis, but it leaves a lot of questions. Like, if UV is such a useful way to signal, how come other animals that are living side by side with the mantis shrimp in the ocean don't share the same complex eye? If we keep studying them, hopefully we'll find out one day. I might be disappointed because I would have liked to see the mantis shrimp being able to see all of the colors of the universe. But here is another hypothesis. You said that eyes might have evolved before brains. Maybe the mantis shrimp's brain simply hasn't caught up to its eyes, but it's on its way. And after we poison the world and can no longer live in it, mantis shrimp will evolve with brains that will in fact see thermonuclear color explosions. It's like setting itself (laughs) up for the future. I really appreciate that you took that thermonuclear uh, color explosion thing literally. (laughs) 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 Poor poor mantis shrimp have to watch the world blow up. It's not a terrible theory. I do happen to know that um, mantis shrimp, I'm going to say this wrong, but they have like, they have two separate channels. Like some of the colors come through one channel. Like we have one optic nerve, but they have two different channels that the colors go from their eye to their brain, which means that it evolved two separate times. I don't know. They are weird creatures. Anyway, even if they don't see a billion D colors, the mantis shrimp still has pretty freaking cool eyeballs. For one, it has compound eyes. Each eye is made up of thousands of tiny units that do their light sensing independently of one another. And also, the mantis shrimp has a total of six pupils that open to let light in. Freaky, you say, but why does this matter? Well, think about our own human eyes. Having two pupils in one face gives you binocular vision and depth perception. Say your dinner is a fish swimming by that you have to catch. Having two images from two different angles allows your brain to understand where the fish is in relation to everything else around you. Your brain can simultaneously calculate how far away dinner is from two different points on your face. 
But if you were a mantis shrimp with three pupils in each eye, you would have hexnocular vision. You would see any fish dinner swimming around at six different images from six different angles, which would help you pinpoint its precise location. Even if a fish is only visible by one of the mantis shrimp's eyes, it can still see that fish in 3D because it has three pupils, which is a huge advantage in catching it. But wait, there's more. Mantis shrimp also have cone cells specifically used to detect certain kinds of polarized light. And polarized light is essentially um, lots of photons that are flying in the same direction as opposed to normal light from the sun, which bounces around every which way. Lots of animals can see polarized light, including to an extent us humans. But mantis shrimp are the only animals we know of with the ability to detect circularly polarized light. And this is just what it sounds like. Photons that are moving through space towards something in the same direction, but moving in a spiral rather than in a straight line. Many mantis shrimp have shiny patches on their shells that send light bouncing off in this circular pattern. And because of the specialized cone cells in their eyes, only other mantis shrimp can see it. In this way, they can identify one another quickly and probably send each other some secret messages that we just haven't Ooh, been able to decode yet. Secret, secret shrimp secret messages. Man. I am amazed and dazzled and grateful. Aww, <laughs> grateful thanks, that you have eyes in your face and a face around your eyes. <laughs> yes, and that you haven't lost either of them yet. And that you don't have any eyes in your butt. Yeah. She's got owl eyes. Well, who does? Nobody really. Nobody. I was going to say eye of the tiger. We didn't talk about a tiger's eyes. Somebody has allies. That song has yet to be written. Maybe maybe we will inspire a musician to write a song about the eyes of the owl. Yes, somebody please. Owl eyes. I am sure there is a song about the eyes of an owl, but I just, we couldn't do this show without doing the eye of the tiger. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, thanks for being here with us today, Jefferson. Thank you. And thanks to everyone out there who tuned into X-Ray to hear our show. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode of Everything is Interesting. And until then, keep thinking about your eyeballs.